Are you ready to do business in the metaverse? This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Text Expander by Smile, the makers of world-class software. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more and download your free demo. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, as you know, I wasn't able to go to CES. Unfortunately, a lot of other people weren't able to go to CES. So we're playing a little bit more of catch-up than we would like to um, because there were booths that we we had already scheduled uh, to stop by and people we wanted to see. And so that's what we're doing now. This time, I'm happy to welcome Christoph Fleischmann. He is the founder and CEO of Arthur. Christoph, welcome to Mac Voices. It's great to have you. Thank you, Chuck. Great to be here. I'm sorry we didn't get to meet in person in Las Vegas, but you know this is the next best thing. And from what I know about Arthur, it was something that I definitely wanted to stop by and take a look at because virtual working, working from home, metaverse, all those things are such hot topics. And it seems like, from what I know, Arthur is right at the intersection of all of those. Certainly, yeah. So what is Arthur and, and what are you doing with it? Yeah, Chuck. So at Arthur, we work with virtual reality in an enterprise setting in order to use this technology to bring teams that are geographically distributed closer together. So basically, we recreate a three-dimensional office space where people can put on a VR headset and then actually meet as if you're in the same space and really feel like you're at the same space at the same location with your coworkers. So am I being represented uh, by an avatar or am I having a camera projection done? How is this? Uh, what, what, is, what am I seeing when I'm in that environment? Yeah, so we actually generate a photorealistic avatar based off a profile picture. And then you can pick whatever outfit and body type you want. So this is uh, one of the benefits in, in VR also that always the, the haircut is up to the mark. I, especially in pandemic times, it's not always easy, right? Um, and while there are some limitations still to the way our avatars look, you'd be you'd be surprised how real it really feels because the avatars really behave from their body language like real people. Because we have, you know, the information where the controllers are, we have the information where the headset is, and you really notice body language from this person standing next to you. We have people blinking, we have mouth movements. So mouth and face are still simulated as the next generation of headsets lands will be able to also get this data, which will be another step forward. Um, but it's already a really immersive experience. Judging by what I'm seeing on your website, it, it, it does look like you are trying to recreate that, that atmosphere. Um, one thing I'm not quite sure about, though, when I log into Arthur, am I seeing just my perspective or can I shift perspectives maybe to see an entire room? Um, or if I want to see, you know, my coworker over there, do I need to turn my head to see that coworker? Yeah, so that actually very much feels like you're actually there. So you have to turn your head to look to the right to your coworker. So there are some controls where we make it easier, particularly for advanced users. So you can jump around, you can take a lot of shortcuts. Um, but generally, 
the the main thing I tell everyone the first time I meet them in Arthur is that you should your base instinct of how you would behave in a real room is very often the right instinct, whether it's about how you want to navigate with you know your body and your head being one of the most one of the best tools to actually navigate you in in VR or if you want to grab something that you actually while you have the controller in your hand you make a fist so there's a lot of skeuomorphic design in this way where we take things from the real world and try to to use these concepts to make this you know honestly kind of crazy thing that we're pushing enterprise users into basically something like the matrix more accessible so you mentioned navigation. Um, obviously, if I'm sitting at a table or around a table, that's pretty easy. But if I need to walk across the virtual room, um, that can become hazardous if I have ga- goggles mm-hmm. on here. Um, so how, how do I navigate in the virtual world? Yeah, so first of all, the, the headsets protect you actually from the real world, but they also protect the real world from you by creating a little... Um, segmented area, separated area that you can designate at the beginning when you actually set up the headset. And it warns you when you kind of go outside of your VR cage, if you want to call it this way. So within this area that you designate that is, you know, safe to walk in, you will move in the author environment. But obviously, one of the great benefits of using VR is that, you know, the square foot price is really low in VR. So you can very nice, big, expansive spaces. And we want to also move, you know, 100 yards in one direction sometimes in a large meeting or workshop or in an event. And in these cases, we actually use a very simple standard mechanism in VR that is called teleportation locomotion. So you press a button, you see a little laser pointer touching some point in the ground, and you release the button and you jump to this location automatically. This one is a little bit weird, because you know you can't really do this in the real world, but exactly these things are the things where we like to break with reality for the benefit of the user. Same thing, I can grab an object from very very far away and kind of telepathically move it towards me. Those are design decisions that we take to just not only simulate the real world but kind of marry the real world and the digital world together in the best way possible. Understood. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, how about integration with other applications, other um, standard Office applications? And I'm thinking, of course, about the Microsoft products, about Slack, about you know a dozen others that I could name. Uh, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Are they integrated in with into this, or do you have substitutes, if you will, for them? Yeah, no, we have a integrations is a major part of our application. You know, as an enterprise focused solution, there's just no way that you can convince people to work in this space if you don't actually, you know, at the very least have all of their office files and ideally also notes also somehow represented in VR. There are various ways how we can get this content in there. So maybe I'll explain two different ways just to see the breadth of how we can interact with content. So let's say I have a a PowerPoint presentation because I want to load this into my workshop space and I want to discuss this presentation in Arthur. I can load directly from my OneDrive the PowerPoint file into the space. It will render as this huge, you know, basically a 500-inch TV screen 
um, presentation in front of me and I can flip through it with my team. I can then directly draw on it and also export this presentation, including all of our markups in the original format. So that's what we call like a full file support. But, you know, given that we have to build this in somewhat of a custom way, we might not be able to support everything on day zero that you want to use. So for that, we have a very powerful browser integration. So I can basically pull up a web browser where I can access any other tool that is web-based um, from it within either a small personal browser that hovers in front of me in VR or a shared browser that I place into the middle, again, like a big TV screen in the middle of my virtual meeting room that everyone can see. So I, I understand some of that stuff. If you haven't spent too much time in VR, it might sound a little weird, but um, a lot of folks who may have seen it, how, how this stuff behaves in VR, for them it might be a bit clearer how these dynamics work. I, I've spent a little bit of time in VR, and there's mm -hmm. so many things that you're saying that resonate. Um, the teleportation thing takes a little getting used to, but yeah. once you remember to do it, it it's it's great. Um, the integrations, you know, uh, again, same thing. Once you've experienced it once or twice, it'll, I think, become second nature. It's that first or second time that you're just not quite sure. So you definitely want to practice. Yeah. The thing that I found most interesting in the VR experiences I've had have been just what you're saying, the the interaction, that it is not the same as a, a Zoom call or the kind of call we're doing here. Um, it's much more immersive, even in a, even if you're in a kind of a cartoon environment, it is still very much immersive and it's difficult to explain to someone who hasn't done it yet, but it definitely changes. I think the dynamics of the meeting. I completely agree. And I'm curious to see the first, you know, larger scale research around what is actually happening in our brains when we work in a 3D environment as opposed to, you know, seeing things on a flat screen. For me, the metaphor that I talk to a lot of our clients to about is if I go into a museum and I see, you know, the skeleton of a dinosaur in 3D, it's just a much more powerful image or, you know, the map of a space. So we are so designed to perceive things in 3D. There's so much going on in the back of our heads around you know, keeping track of where things are in 3D space. Our ears are tailored for the spatial audio. And this stuff we can use in VR to make people not only more focused, but also speed up a lot of workflows. And while, you know, I, I think it, we have to be honest, we're still very early in the journey of this new technology being adopted. It's these first signs that are just so fundamentally different from how people behave in a team's call where after five minutes everyone is kind of dozing off or switching off their their webcam this just really doesn't happen in vr you're just the whole hour you might spend together with your colleagues you're just on top of your game and everyone is active and and engaged and it's these elements that really for me personally i think we're also just scratching the surface of what will be possible in the years to come once we really understand this technology better and how to, you know, get uh, get the most out of its potential and power. I, 
it's been one has long been one of my feelings that we were never going to achieve the paperless office until our our monitors became the size of our desks because mm-hmm. we all know how we work physically and to to be able to do that you need to have uh, at least a 27 inch monitor maybe two maybe three or four I have, I'm, I'm now starting to feel like I'm translating that same thinking to the VR world, where the VR on your computer is great, but until you strap on the goggles and have that virtual environment, it's not going to quite, you're never going to quite get it until you do that. And it's never yeah. going to be really useful until we do that. So where I'm going with this is what kind of gear, um, both from a from a client software standpoint and from a headset standpoint, do you support or is required? Mm-hmm. So maybe starting with the software, we're really an end-to-end software solution. So you basically just need to have author um, access to an author account to get started in your virtual office. And on the hardware front, we support pretty much all major VR headsets. The one thing we've seen, and that has just been you know, overwhelmingly backed up by data, is that for our business users, it's it doesn't really make sense to have the PC-based VR headset where you have a gaming laptop or tower with a cable connected to your to a very powerful VR headset. That's really not the overall user experience is really essential here. So while we do support the top-of-line headsets there, we practically have I think 99% of our users on what is called six degree of freedom, all in one headsets. Those are the Oculus Quest 2, the Vive Focus 3, the Pico Neo 3 Pro. Those are these headsets that basically are all in one. You know, they don't need a laptop anymore. They basically just need an internet connection. And most importantly, this six degree of freedom part means that as I move my head forward in space, the headset understands this. The headset doesn't have a static point where my uh, where the camera is located that films the, the VR scene, but I can actually move through space. And this is a huge difference as opposed to some of the previous generation headsets that didn't have these spatial movement built in that is, even though we don't move that much in VR, in, in Arthur, it's not like we have a fighting game or something where I have to dodge punches, it's a major aspect for the experience. So on these six degree of freedom all-in-one headsets, we we run on all of them and our future up and coming ones, of course. So what has what have your customer reactions been? Um, you know, are they are they fully engaged? Are they giving you suggestions for how to change and at least in their mind improve it? Or are you are you kind of throwing out new features to see what people like and and benefit from? Um, it's it's definitely a team effort where we it's 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 really I think anyone who works at Arthur is ruined for a lot of other software because it's rare that you can meet someone experience your product for the first time and this reaction is always we have this ultimate privilege of introducing so many people for the first time to this way of working and. Whether or not they will be successful with their use case, the first reaction, you know it when you come into a VR space and you see another person, is always this wow effect. It's always this, you know, 
this uh, complete uh, immersive experience that is uh, that exhibits this, this this wonderful reaction from clients. And for us, it's actually all about getting beyond this wow, wow effect towards utility, towards showing, hey, this is not only cool, you're actually going to be faster. You're going to make better decisions. You're going to communicate better using this tool. Um, so for us, it's this, this ability to watch your users honestly fail at so many things. It's, it's just the nature of how we build software, right? We watch people and, you know, they want to do something and you realize how on earth, why are they trying to do this? But they, this is how users behave in, in, in applications. And this makes you build better software. So for us, it's a lot of observation of clients. Um, it's a lot of input, but also I think we have a very uncompromising strategy around how we want this VR experience to be. We, one of the first things we kind of, it's not that we really hammered it into stone, but one of the first things, like one of the first sticky notes we put on the wall was let's not just build a, you know, glorified video call in VR. Let's try to move, let's rather get inspired what, from what makes a physical workshop so cool and so exciting. And, you know, then add the amazing benefits that video conferences or other two deals have on top of this base experience. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Smile, the makers of Text Expander. I'm going to make this very simple. If you aren't using Text Expander, you need to try Text Expander. If you already tried Text Expander, I'm betting that you're still using Text Expander to help you be more productive and more efficient, no matter what you do, no matter how much of Text Expander's power you're tapping. That's because a huge amount of Text Expander's power is easy to tap. A few keystrokes can turn into a standard response to a customer email, a block of code that is repeatedly used on your web projects, or an email signature that you use for just special occasions, or just about anything else you can think of. If you can type it, Text Expander can make it easier to access and more accurate to access each and every single time. It only takes a few minutes to set up and understand how Text Expander can help you, and it will pay you back every single time you expand a snippet. I want you to take a very few minutes to become more productive today. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast, sign up for a free trial, and find out what Text Expander can do for you. That's textexpander.com slash podcast from Smile, the longest-running sponsor of Mac Voices. Thanks to Smile for being here. There was a comment you made in there about why, why are users doing this, and I think mm -hmm. that is... That's very telling. In the software environment, you're writing software, you're trying to direct people how to use it, but you know, if anybody that's done any of this or, or paid attention to it knows that there are always idiosyncratic ways that the users find to use your software, maybe not the way you intended. And in a VR environment, that's got to be hugely challenging because now you have a, you have a world that has to react the way that users might use it, not just the way you want them to use it, but the way that they might use it and not break the experience or detract from the experience. I I completely agree. It's really, it's, it's challenging on a lot of different levels. You know, it's, it's the exact entire design aspect where 
there's just not that much out there. You know, there are amazing VR developers and amazing VR companies, but all in all, it's such a new medium still. So many rules have not been written. If you start a company in VR tomorrow, chances are you will solve, you will have to solve a hundred problems per week yourself because there is not a large database of information you can pick up on. And I think the amazing thing is, and I, and I tell this to our team, and I think this is not normal. Everyone wants us to be successful and understands that this is a journey. You know, it's really the amount of support that we have from clients, from partners, from anyone in this journey. It's, it's incredible. It's they, they really say, Hey, we, we know this is something where we will need to provide input. You will have to um, improve the software as we move along. The hardware needs to get better over the next years. But everyone is in this mindset of actually making this work because these key elements of value are already there and are you know, clear to, to our users. So I think that is something where next to this privilege of watching someone experience VR for the first time, just the overall support that you get from clients and, and the industry as a whole, I think that's really something that I, I, I cherish at this company. Christoph, we have to ask, what, what kind of pricing is involved here with getting started? If, if my company, um, let's just say, a, 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 we're not going to go with a Fortune 500 company, but maybe a, a 30 to 50 person company wanted to get started with this. Um, what kind of pricing are we talking about? What kind of uh, commitment are we talking about? So I think a problem a lot of VR solutions make is they try to serve everyone at the same time and they dilute the experience for some. We try to be really very close to our enterprise customers. So if you're really a 30 people company chances are that we might be able to point you to a more suitable, maybe a bit more lightweight solution that from a, you know, effort, functionality, price per perspective matches your expectations more. For, for us in the enterprise world, you know, we have huge investments in stability, scalability, security, in support, and in a large feature suite. So you will have you know, easily prices above north of $100 per user per month, which I understand is, you know, for some startups or smaller teams, maybe a price point that they're only willing to take if they are really super bought in on this being an essential tool. We do have a solution which um, tailors to consumer users, which is more our tryout to just see what can we take from an enterprise solution if we simplify it a little bit for, you know, uh, prosumers or startups or smaller companies? Um, can we see some interesting data? Can we see some interesting use cases? Are there use cases where you might want to connect the enterprise world and the consumer world? So we do have a way where you can actually use Arthur for free, which is on the Oculus store right now with a major update coming um, in the coming weeks. But at the heart, I would say, if you ask me for our focus, it's really very close to the, to the enterprise world. 
and therefore also our pricing is a little bit more adjusted for that. Makes sense. It, it makes sense, especially with the investment. And as you said, these are early days. So naturally, things are going to be a bit more expensive than if we get it to the point where we have, you know, tens of thousands or millions of users, then the price, the price can come down. So, yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. I, I think it's great. I think it's fascinating. Um, I'm, I only regret that I couldn't be in Vegas to strap on a headset and get a personal experience with it. But for the folks that want to learn more, um, the website is arthur.digital. That's A-R-T-H-U-R dot digital. Excellent. Christoph, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. Jack, thank you so much for the opportunity. And I hope to welcome you in the metaverse soon. I hope so, too. Or if not, CES in Vegas next year. Absolutely. Excellent. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> you do the same. Folks, I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. Go check out Arthur. It may not be exactly for your company, but don't be surprised if one of these days, you know, you might greet both uh, Christoph and me in the metaverse, in their version of the metaverse. Until the next time, and as always, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.